0: From the 50, midweek edition. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the From the 50 midweek review presented by Book It Sports. You can download the Book It Sports app from the app today. And we're also brought to you by Aces Wild at 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. Go ahead and head on out to Aces Wild. Again, that is 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. Throw some darts, watch some ball, hang out. You know, enjoy some time with the boys. So uh, my name is Zach Zook. I'll be your host. We got Nick Tolly as always, in the greater St. Louis area, as I always like to give you the intro, Nick. And uh, we're recording a little earlier this week because uh, your boy is going to be headed out to the West Coast Uh, for the first time ever. I'm going to go to California. And so we got to get the show in now.
1: So can't skip a week.
0: So if, if you're listening to this, I'm sure like Tom Brady will have been traded <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers will have been traded. Maybe they'll have been traded for each other, but uh, let's be
1: more realistic. <laughs> Russell Wilson got traded and Deshaun Watson might be in jail.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I fully expect that this there to be fallout to come from us recording early, Nick. But uh, we got no choice. So we're going to make this a little bit of a shorter show this week. Um, still two huge stories. We had uh, the the big blockbuster trade that happened uh, on, on Zach Wilson's Pro Day. And you know, I never really thought about this, just like kind of an aside. When you're having your Pro Day, like, I, I guess you don't really care, ultimately, like what happens, you know, what, new, what the news cycle is like. But to be upstaged like he was with the trade – that's supposed to be kind of your day. Everybody's ooing and eyeing about you, and you're getting some positive press. Everybody's talking about your draft stock. And then to be upstaged by the trade, it's like, are you kind of pissed if you're Zach Wilson do you not care like I never had thought about it from his perspective I was like why do these guys give a fuck but like when you think about it like I I feel like if I was Zach Wilson I'd be a little like peeved like not that mad but like slightly annoyed mildly inconvenienced that the 49ers and the Dolphins and and uh the Eagles just had to do this today
1: he's not gonna care unless the Jets don't draft him and then he falls (laughs) below all these teams that just moved around yeah. So
0: I, I just, I, I I have never thought about it from a player's perspective like that before. And it just dawned on me. I was like, that kind of sucks if you're Zach Wilson. Like it's like all these other guys get their pro days and you got the viral clips going on Twitter, which he did still have the one clip on Twitter. I don't know if you saw. Oh yeah. That's pretty throw. insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, But uh, he was totally upstaged by the trade, which will be what we'll talk about here today. I also wanted to spend some time talking about the Deshaun Watson thing. I know we briefly mentioned it, you know, last week, but I, I feel like it's been underreported because everybody's kind of just letting it play out. But I think that there's at least a very clear stance we could take on it. And that's kind of what I wanted to lead the show with. And then we'll get into the draft stuff, maybe the fallout from that and how how the top 10 c- could shake out. So uh, first thing uh, with Deshaun is t- to me, Tali it's very black and white. You, it's, it's one of the biggest character assassinations that I've ever seen. And we, we golfed yesterday and we were talking about this. It's yep. either one of the biggest character assassinations I've ever seen in the history of maybe not even just pro sports, but like, I don't know, in America, because he has been alleged by 20-plus people at this point.
1: There's now been 19 lawsuits filed as of this 19
0: morning. 19 lawsuits. And so, obviously, it's 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 something that you can't ignore at this point. And before, you know, I saw that he had his little notes app thing, which classic chef's kiss right there, <laughs> notes app statement, is just the best on Twitter. <laughs> so he had one of those, which obviously he was ahead of the stories. So everybody's like, what, well, what is this? And then obviously then the stories break in the coming days, but I had no idea how many women it was that had accused him until recently, until I looked more into it. And I think the rest of us, I think part of the reason it's so underreported is because while none of us know Deshaun Watson personally, his image around the league is so positive and I don't think anybody realize like wants to believe that he that he's capable of doing something like this. I guess. Well, so no, that's first, part of the reason it, when it was the one when it was the one woman. I don't want to say I didn't believe her. I just didn't know, right? But I just thought you know this it could go one one of two ways. But I don't think it's necessarily worth commenting on until more facts come out.
1: Well, now that we it, have nineteen people. Yeah. And it first started out like it was, OK, maybe he said some things and that's kind of where it was. And then the allegations got a lot more serious. Yes. And, and that, that's days. kind
0: of where where I'm getting to is that it's getting to a point now where it cannot be ignored. I don't know what he's guilty yeah. of, but he's guilty of something.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, obviously,
0: and it is a character assassination, which I would put at like minus one percent right now. It, the The people that did it would be thrown in fucking prison because it it is like libel, slander, defamation, like at the highest order. Right. Uh, so, I think that he's he's it's it's certainly gotten to a point where it's impossible to ignore. I read through the lawsuits and the the witnesses' accounts, the victims' accounts. And it feels like something to me when I read it that the prosecution has been building for quite some time. I'm not talking years, but like it's not as though one person came forward and then they decided to run with this. They've been building a case against Deshaun Watson on this for some time now. Because when I read the ESPN article with the victim's testimonies, you know, as it was laid out by the lawyer. Very similar verbiage, very similar, uh, you know, acts being committed in 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 these different cases. So it to me, it's it's pretty clear that he's
1: in some deep shit here. And and today's story was that he's deleting Instagram messages and he's reached out to some of these women to try and make a settlement. And so it's which they obviously deny his lawyers like. He hasn't deleted a message since March 15th well and some some of, the, some
0: of the victims' accounts mention him having people sign
1: NDAs
0: and it's, it, it it's to the point now where it, it's I don't know what he's guilty of again none of us do and it's not our job to to judge or to figure it out but he's guilty of something at least in my opinion I don't know there's smoke at this point so I, I, and, and here's the, here's the one thing too. If he, if what has been alleged is largely true, he should never play quarterback again. And, you know, it's just there's no I, – I can't be any more unequivocally clear about that. And I wanted to mention that on the podcast as we talk about the different nuances and the fallout of what it means for football, the sport we all love. If the guy is guilty of this, I never want to see his face again. Except for like in some true crime like prison show, like real life locked up behind bars, rooming with Deshaun Watson. Longest
1: yard, real life.
0: (laughs) It's 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 very sad, regardless whether he's he's being character assassinated or he is guilty of sexual assault. Very, very sad for for the victims, for, you know, for him who has had kind of it all just signed a. Multi-million-dollar life-changing fuck you money extension last year, less than a year ago, and so now I want to move into the football side of it. I mean, we've gotten the moral side out of the way. I mean, I think I think any normal-minded human, like I can't believe that you have to kind of say this, but in the year 2021, you do you do have to you know make your position known. Unfortunately, so uh, now that we have the moral side, I want to talk about the football side a trade for Deshaun Watson cannot happen. No. So everything is on pause. And what that I think means for other teams that were interested, I don't know how much interest there was on either side before this because it felt like it had calmed down. And I kind of wonder if some of these GMs or front offices had a bug put in their ear that this was coming down the chute. And these teams vet – they do their research, and I bet that the front offices knew about this before it became public, and that's why you haven't heard many trade rumors to this point. That's the reason the Bears wanted Wilson instead of Watson. Watson's younger. He's got a higher ceiling. He has more years. He, he is on the extension, but you don't have to sign him to a new deal where you would, Russ. It all kind of is starting to make sense now. And for the Texans, here's the reason I put the the character assassination thing at like 0.001%. Who would be trying to character assassinate him? Not the NFL and not the Texans. That was what I had heard. Well, maybe, maybe it's the Texans that are doing this. You know, it is getting really weird over there, right? Maybe Jack Easterby, the preacher, has concocted some plan to ruin this kid's life. That doesn't make sense, though. And the reason being is because they're just damaging their most expensive asset. You would have like,
1: traded them to the Dolphins first.
0: Like, I I don't know what the perfect analogy would be in this situation, but, like, if you had something of value that you didn't like anymore, but you could get a lot for it. Like, wonder if I have a really awesome, sick car. I got a Ferrari, a red Ferrari two-door, and I don't like it. I just don't like the manual shift. I want something automatic. I can't fit my kid's car seat into the back. But I'm gonna. I still want to get my value that I paid for it. I mean, this is a freaking awesome car. Somebody's gonna want it. It's a Ferrari. Why would I? That, that'd be the equivalent of me like going and like smashing the windows out and and blading the tires. It just doesn't make any sense. There's no stock in that to me. So I, I don't think that the Texans would want to character assassinate him at all either. Because where I'm going with this is the Texans are the biggest football losers in this beyond Deshaun Watson, obviously. The the Texans are the ones that have the most to lose by this because he's on their team. He's under a huge contract. And until this gets resolved, I don't think anything can happen. You can't. I guess you could cut and release him. But if you think that he's going to be then playing football again, you, you cut the asset for nothing. You don't get anything back in return, which if he's guilty of this, you're not getting anything back in return anyways. But if you're the Texans, it just it totally freezes you, I think. And then what do you do? Because you have no possible way to get a quarterback back. You have no possible way to get these assets back. That was the one thing, the one sliver of hope that Houston was holding on to was that, okay, if we trade Deshaun Watson to like the Dolphins or the Bears or the Jets, we're going to get a treasure trove of of draft picks back. That has flown out the window like a bird as far as I'm concerned. It's not going to happen, at least not this year. Because this is this is real. And, and I, I I know it's been mentioned in reports, but I don't feel like I've seen it near to the degree that I feel like I should have seen it. And I think a lot of it's because people are letting due process play out. Like that's all well and good. But I think from the football side of it, people have not talked about the fallout for Houston and what they're gonna do from this. I think Houston is a lock, a, a virtual lock to pick in the top three next year. I'd, I'd be shocked if they're not the first Number overall one. pick yeah. to, to be honest with you. I don't know. Well, again, we'll have to see how the draft shakes out, what team they end up putting on the field. I don't see how they win two games. Unless this
1: gets them. resolved into Sean plays.
0: It, yeah, right. But I don't, I don't see how they win any more than a couple of games. And another thing that we will mention, and maybe we'll just segue to this now, Tali is, even in the 17-game season that is assuredly coming down the pipe, I still don't see him winning more than a couple of games. So,
1: What do you think is going through Nick Casario's head right now? He goes from the Patriots to this dumpster fire that the Texans are in right now and just watches the Patriots spend all this money on all these guys that could be awesome. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do you consider resignation?
0: If you pull you're the Nick Josh consider? McDaniels, just go back. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go take some, you know, front office role, be Bill's right-hand guy, help out with the cap. Cause they just signed a bunch of dudes. They're going to need some cap management. I am just going to leave this behind. <laughs> so I, I would not blame him for that at all. I don't think anybody would, to be honest, I don't even think it would hurt his career would you want to do that it might help it because it'll be all right you're a smart guy you can come on so uh let's transition to the 17 game season it's 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 happening i don't know if it's official or not yet but it's happening and it it has everything to do with the tv deal and we talked about this i think in the podcast i want to say we talked about it in the off season last year so some most of you probably haven't you probably didn't listen to that or don't remember it But I was kind of against it because I felt like 17 games didn't make any sense. The 16-game format that they have had since 1976, don't call me. 78. So since 1978 has been by far the longest stretch in NFL history that they've had one regular season format. That's obviously going to change here in 2021. And the biggest difference to me as a fan, as like just an average Joe, like we all are watching the games, when you say a team wins 10 games, it's a lot different now. 10 and seven is a lot different than 10 and six. 11 yeah. and five is a lot different than, than 11 and six. So, uh, uh that, that I think is going to be the toughest and weirdest thing to get used to. I also think that this, the 17 games, Tali, it's a stopgap, right? We're going to yeah. 18. Oh, yeah. Um, and my main, my main reason for being against expanding to 17 was, first of all, I don't think you need to. It's a little bit greedy. You don't need to do this. If you have a good thing going, don't mess with it. But 17 is just so arbitrary. When you have the schedule set up perfectly the way it is now, too, mm-hmm. I, and it, for those of you that maybe aren't as nerdy into the NFL and football as I am, the, the, the schedule is set every year and it makes a ton of sense. Let's say you're the Green Bay Packers. And let's say you finish first in the division. Well, you will play your three division opponents twice. That's six of your 16 games. So you need to fill in 10 other games. And so what you will do is you'll play uh, an NFC, another NFC division. So that's four opponents and then you'll play an AFC division, and that's four opponents. So what am I at now, 11 11 games, Tali? No, I'm at 14 games. And so then the other two NFC divisions, you would play the same team that finished in the same spot that you did. So let's say you're the Packers, and this is the year you play the AFC North, and this is the year you play the NFC South. Well, you'd play all four NFC South teams, you'd play all four AFC North teams, you'd play the Vikings, Bears and Lions twice. And then with the remaining NFC divisions that are in your conference, the NFC East in this case and the NFC West, you would face the other team that finished first if you're the Packers. like you would face uh, you would face I guess what would have been the Washington football team th- this year yeah. and in the West it would be the Rams. Right. So that would be your opponent. So going to this 17-game format totally screws that <laughs> up. I mean, it, it, I, I do not envy the schedule makers and the people that have to figure out the logistics of all this to make it fair, to figure out tiebreakers. Well, they
1: already released kind of like, this is who the teams are going to play. I guess, I don't know if they had it figured out ahead of time. How do you average? So I'd, I'd imagine they'd want to keep the format they have as
0: intact as possible.
1: They pretty much are. And then they're just like adding what seems to be a random game. But I guess maybe it's somebody from the other conference first game because we, the bills are supposed to play the Washington football team now, I think in that 17th game. So, so to me, this is why I ultimately
0: think we're going to an 18 game season. I, I would be surprised if we played a 17 game season for longer than three years. I yeah. think the ultimate goal is to go towards an 18-game season and virtually eliminate the preseason. I think that there will be debates about this. There could be a potential lockout about this when the CBA is up. Elvin well, Kamara's quote was,
1: Shit, dumb as hell.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, he's been one of the more outspoken players about it. Aaron Rodgers has been one of the more outspoken players against you know the offseason, that sort of thing. The, the, the thing is, those guys are stars. They're in the top 2%. Like they're Like they're, they're the one percenters of the league, right? If you relate it back to real life, they are the upper crust of society in the NFL. Does Alvin Kamara need a 17th game? No. Does Aaron Rodgers need a 17th game? No. You know who that 17th game helps? The guy that's making the minimum. The guy that's making 500 k as a rookie, trying to stay on the active roster. One more game maybe means an injury, maybe means I get to play, means I stick for longer, means that the league makes more money, which then my minimum salary gets raised. It's not affecting Kamara or Rodgers. They're only seeing the downside of it. But what it helps is basically everybody else. Because when there's more money in the pot, the guys at the bottom, that veteran minimum is going to go up that rookie minimum is going to go up. They might increase, you know, roster size. There's going to be more opportunities for some of these guys at the bottom of the league to make a name for themselves and make some more money.
1: So, yeah. So uh, they are I, doing they're doing yeah, NFC ahead, they're doing NFC versus AFC. So since the Bills won the AFC East and the Washington football team won the NFC East, they're playing together. So whoever won the AFC North was that the Ravens or the Steelers? It was the Steelers. Steelers still won it. So the Packers will play the Steelers in that extra game.
0: So that's, that's
1: weird. So like what, that seems very like short sighted band 80, like yeah. what well, is then you got to happen figure out, every year? Now you have Are an you imbalance. Game? I don't know. Cause you have an imbalance in home and road games now too. Exactly. So how do you make that even if mm-hmm. I'm playing
0: eight home games and nine road games for three years in a row, I'm going to be pissed, Which yeah. which is ultimately, I think again, we're working towards 18 games. that's absolutely 100% the direction that the league is going in and that you're going to see it happen. I I don't see a
1: world in where we stay at 17 games for the foreseeable future. It'll just be interesting if they go to that 18th game, if they add a second bye week, which I think they have to.
0: Yeah, you you know, I I was thinking (laughs) it's so hilarious that you bring this up, Tali, because I'm striving to work today. Literally today, I was thinking about this. I was driving to work today and I was thinking if they have an 18 game season, that's just it's getting to the point where it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like these college guys play a 12 game season, 13th game for a championship, and then a bowl game. That's 14. If you get to the point where you're playing 16 game regular season plus playoffs, let's say you go to the Super Bowl, you're playing like what 19 games? Uh, So you're up at
1: at 20 games now. If you're a wildcard team, you add in that extra one too. So once you move to 18, think about that. And if they keep
0: with this expanded playoff format, which I don't know if I like it, I'm fine with it as it is. I don't want it to get any bigger. I already think we have a tough enough time finding enough good football teams to truly play in january and february like i didn't want to see the washington football team that game against against the buccaneers i had i'm as big a football guy as you would will find i had zero interest in that game zero even though taylor heineke played well everybody's like oh taylor heineke that was such an entertaining no
1: it wasn't (laughs) did it was it was it in doubt for a second that the bucks were gonna win that game i mean you didn't really want to watch john wolford against the packers either well, that's a little bit different. But, though, like the Rams were a good team, except for at that position. Like, and Walford didn't even Walford didn't even play. It was golf. or oh, Walford was supposed to play. Oh, he played their first one, didn't he? Walford played the first game
0: against not the Cardinals. That was Week Seventeen. He got hurt in Week Seventeen, and then he played. No, I'm so ass backwards. He played. He played. He played and beat the Seahawks. And and he got injured in the first quarter of the Seahawks game. And Jared Goff came back in and they ended up beating the Seahawks. And then they lost to Green Bay. Now you got me totally off my train of thought, Nick. (laughs) So thank you so much for that. (laughs) But what I was thinking about on the way to work is if you go to 18 games, you're getting to a point where you're jumping the shark. So you have to have two buys. And Mm -hmm. I think the players, that like maybe the players wouldn't give a shit about that and they'd still be really mad. I feel like that's a pretty nice olive branch. Because here's how you could do it. You could do nine-week nine week half seasons. You could even, hell, you could put the Pro Bowl between those and now do a legitimate all-star break like like they do in every other major American sport. But you could put, you play your first, you know, nine games. Well, I guess it would be 10 weeks, wouldn't it? Because it'd be 18 games. So you play your first nine weeks in 10 weeks. You play your first nine games in 10 weeks. You'd get a buy somewhere in there. And then the next 10 weeks would be the second half of the season. Each team would be guaranteed a buy in the first 10 weeks and the second 10 weeks. And to alleviate people getting screwed with buys, if you didn't do one until like week four, which I think is how they have it now. I think I did the average, the math would be you'd have about five teams on buy every week from week four on, which is not that much. You'd be losing out on like two, three ish games right. and they have the weeks where they load people up with buys anyways. I think that they could do that, and in fact, I bet that's where we're headed. And the reason I disagreed with it a year ago was because I felt like it was a half measure. If you're going to jump it, if we're inevitably going to 18, stop fiddle-fucking around and just do, just jump it to 18 games. I understand that that's probably harder. They didn't have the TV deal at the time. I think they're waiting on the TV deal, but like then jump it to 18. The the reason they aren't gonna jump it to 18 is because the players would really pitch a bitch if that happened. So now we have to do this weird look, oh, we're jumping it to 17, then we have to wait a couple of years till everybody gets used to that and forgets about it. No, now we're gonna jump it to 18. So I, I I guess I understand the politics of it, but to me, it's just so so stupid, such a waste of time and everybody's effort to try to deal with now all the logistical problems that a 17 game season poses. To just like just we know we want to do 18, just, just do 18. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of my opinion on that. So we can wrap up with that and move on to, honestly, what I'm most excited to talk about on the show today, which (laughs) is the draft trades, baby. We had them in droves uh, this past week. And Tyler, do you get the
1: details? Should should I run down them real quick? Yeah, I've got them. So the big one is that started this was Miami Trades, number three overall pick to San Fran for the number 12 overall pick, a 2022 first round, a 2022 third round, and a 2023 first round. They then flipped the number 12 pick and a fourth round pick with the 2022 first round pick to the Eagles to give back. It, is up it their to own six.
0: 2022? Correct? It's Miami's 2022 that they're giving up, not San Frans.
1: I believe so. Yeah. So now the Dolphins moved back up to number six. And they got a fifth round pick from the Eagles this year. So to me, th- there's so much to talk about here. But <laughs> but to me, the, the
0: the first thing that it told me was Miami had the deal worked out with Philly to jump back up from 12 to six before they even officially made the trade with the with the 49ers. Yeah. Um, second thing it tells me, and probably it ended up being the lead story: Niners are up to three. It's going to be a QB. And we mentioned this at, at the end of the regular season. We thought that there could be four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks. That is about as close to a lock as it's ever going to be. And the reason is there's 100% a quarterback being chosen in the first three picks. No, does any, do you doubt that? Does anybody doubt that at this point? Uh,
1: See, I you don't honestly know, think the
0: 49ers traded up for Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts and gave up all the all that draft capital.
1: Uh, I don't know because they're saying they're not getting rid of Jimmy G and all this. And I don't I don't know what they're doing.
0: They're, they're, they're no lying idea. to you is what they're doing.
1: <laughs> Just like Josh Rosen was the
0: number one quarterback. They're taking yeah. a QB. Now, I have a little insider scoop that I can drop on you in this podcast. What I've been hearing that they're going to do the quarterback they're going to take with the third overall pick. But before I get to that, I, I want to talk about the, the the Falcons at four because I think they're the team that is most impacted by this. Now, all of a sudden, the Falcons are getting all the calls because the, the quarterbacks in the first three, again, about as close to a lock a, a, as, as you can get. It's going to go Trevor Lawrence. It's going to go Zach Wilson or, or somebody else. Maybe they shock the world and take like Lance or Fields. But then then the Niners are going to take a QB, and then it'll be the Falcons at four. And you'd pre- let's just presume it goes consensus. Let's presume it goes chalk. Let's, let's assume that it goes Lawrence, Wilson, and then the Niners at three take Justin Fields. Then you have Trey Lance or Mac Jones even at number four if you're the Falcons. And this is why I think it's going to be four quarterbacks and four picks. If you're not going to take a quarterback there, trade out. You don't don't pick somebody there. You trade back. You let somebody who needs a quarterback come up, and you make it a bidding war to get to the fourth spot to get that last quarterback. There are going to be teams split on Lance and Jones, and so there are going to be teams that are less willing to come up to get Lance because they might still like Jones or vice versa.
1: So so if you're looking for that team, uh, I'll just run through the top 12 picks right now. It's the Jags, Jets, Niners, Falcons, Bengals, who aren't going to then flip dolphins at six. Then you have lions, Panthers, Broncos, Cowboys, giants, Eagles. So I'd look for the Panthers or Broncos to like, especially the Broncos. If they want someone to try to jump the Panthers, maybe they do get up to that four spot. And I know
0: Carolina wants to move off of Bridgewater. The owner is a new age owner. He wants to get the quarterback. They want to start winning. Now I, I like the new owner. I like his aggressive approach. I understand that Rivera probably wasn't long for the job when he, the ownership changed, regardless of the coaching quality. He just, it usually doesn't stay that way. And Matt Rule, I think, is a pretty, pretty good, good guy for the job. Regardless, I don't think he wants to wait another year. I think they're going to either take Lance, Joe, like they're getting somebody that, that they feel could be the quarterback of the future for them. The problem is, You got to trade with your division rival to get there. So I don't know if Atlanta is even going to be willing to play ball with them to go from four to eight or vice versa. We don't. Now we've seen divisional trades in the draft before. It's not as, you know, uncommonplace as it would be a player trade. That's almost unheard of in the NFL. Like the Bears and the Packers, like to trade players would be about. It's like oil and water, yeah. but to trade picks, there have been instances of that in the, in the past. Um, And that's not as far out of a concept. I think though, when, in terms of like, it's not trade swapping third rounders, you know, I'm not coming up to get a safety. I'm not coming up to get a guard. I'm coming up to get a quarterback that's going to play you for the next decade and dominate you is what my hope. So I think that the Falcons they they've got they backed themselves into a tough spot with the Matt Ryan extension. They effectively mm-hmm. can't move off of him for two years. But if you like Trey Lance and if you like Mac Jones, if you like Justin Fields, whoever falls to you, you can get them and develop that player underneath of Matt Ryan. And you know if he takes over, Matt Ryan ends up in a bench role for like half of his second year. It's, it's going to be unpopular. It's going to get a little uncomfortable, like the Eli Manning thing, but like it's
1: just the reality of the business and in and, and, and football. Because Maybe it'll make them retire sooner and you don't have to pay them as much.
0: Well, and, and because Arthur Smith and the Falcons, they don't want to be picking in the top four again. When you're up that high, you're not thinking we're going to be back here next year. You're thinking let's make the most of this now, so you I think have to capitalize on on taking that quarterback. I really do think the Falcons are taking a QB, but if they don't, they have to trade it. Now that, that's my that's my main point with that from the fallout of this trade because the Niners are absolutely taking a QB and the first two I think are it's all all but cemented they're taking a QB. I wasn't totally sold on the Jets moving off of Darnold But the the way the reports are coming out with Zach Wilson and how talented he is, I'd just be really surprised to see the Jets stand pat with a guy who I think is a worse player than, well, I don't know, all four of these guys, to be honest with you. Uh, So I don't see if you're the
1: Jets how you don't move off Darnold. So here's a quote just a couple hours ago from Kyle Shanahan. He said, It's accurate the team is planning to keep Jimmy G barring being blown away by an offer, said that he believes it would be hard to find a QB who helps them win right now more than Garoppolo and excited to have a QB learning behind him. So they are definitely taking a quarterback, and it looks like they're going to plan on having that quarterback sit. I don't put any stock into them
0: keeping Jimmy G. I, I think that he's not necessarily lying, but if the Pats come and offer them a trade that they think is fair value, right. they're going to trade him. I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. The 49ers, though, also... Are not going to just roll out in 2021 with some brand new rookie. They still want to compete. This is a team. Remember, this is a team. Remember that was minutes away from a Super Bowl in in 20 in the 2019 season. So I, I think that they're going to roll with Jimmy to to start if they don't get blown away. But what the whole reason they're taking a quarterback is because not only is Jimmy not just not a fit for for Shanahan's offense, he is not reliable anymore. He just isn't. I mean, it, it's sad, but it's true. He just is not a reliable player. And so the the, the Niners then, if you, if you feel like maybe Trey Lance is the guy, you get to who he who played you know FCS football. doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt. Well, that I mean that tells you oh well Trey Lance perfect fit. Like they'll take him at three. He can learn behind uh, Jimmy G. He can learn the Shanahan offense, and then they're gonna roll year two. Watch out, baby. But I think the same can be pretty much said about any of of the quarterbacks, whether that's Justin Fields, whether that be Mac Jones. And here now is the nugget that I want to drop on you. I have heard from people in the know that it's going to be Mac Jones. I don't know if I believe it. I think it's absolutely crazy. I think it would be an outrageous mistake. As you I don't hear think they
1: yeah. uh, playing with her toy in the background. I don't think you'd have to go all the way up to three to get him. It kind of seems like you'd be overpaying there a little uh, bit. That feels outrageous to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really does.
1: But if Kyle Shanahan feels
0: like that's his QB and that that's the guy he wants to run his system again, I, I, I could I could talk for twenty minutes about how much I hate that idea. I'm just telling. I don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what I heard from pretty like plugged in guys too. Like Daniel Jeremiah has been hearing that from like NFL front office people that Mac Joe, they said they're adamant. It's not maybe finalized yet, but Mac Jones is going to be the guy. So we'll see if they do that and shock the world at at number three. And if they do, I think it's a terrible mistake regardless of, of, of his success. I mean, unless he's like a hall of fame level quarterback, (laughs) but I think that he would have some degree of success in Shanahan's system. But when you look around at at Fields, at at Lance, at potentially Wilson, if the if the Jets don't take him, it would be negligible to take to take Mac Jones when you likely could have had him at twelve or at the very least then see how it played out on draft night and mm-hmm. then trade it up to get him when when you felt it was right, kind of like what the Packers did. They had Jordan Love targeted, they had him circled months before the draft, and but but they did not. They they waited till they felt like they had to had to go get him to to, to pull the trigger. Now whether that they, they should have done that or not is a different matter. But if you're Kyle Shanahan and and you're drafting a QB, why get up to three to 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 draft a guy that was not going to be taken at three? The draft is all about value. It's not about the players necessarily. It's about the value. You're drafting value. You're drafting best player available and. It's always hilarious to me when everybody says, we don't want to draft for need. We want to draft best player available. Then they get to the draft, and it's like they, they take like a lineman when everybody's yeah. screaming for a wideout. And it's like, what in the world? We needed a receiver, and you took a safety. What are you doing? It's like best player available. That's what free agency's for. We'll, we'll get you know s- some dime-a-dozen guy to play wideout in case we don't draft a guy, but we're not reaching for a second-round wideout in the first that's how you draft Jalen Rager in the first round if, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles instead of drafting somebody else. So, so uh,
1: I have a little, I'm not superstitious, but a little stitious nugget for you, especially since that? you said they might take Mac Jones and I know your feelings on him. So over the last 10 years, the quarterbacks that were traded up for in the top three picks, they are RG3, Goff, Wentz, Trubisky, Trubisky, and Darnold. Yeah, that's that's those are the five. Yikes. They said a cautionary tale for the 49ers cautionary <laughs> tale. Uh, that's in the top. What you say? Top three or top five top three over the last 10 years. Those you, are the you five. know what?
0: You know, what's interesting, too. And, and I, I, I did the research on this a year or two ago, so it might be a little out of date. But about half of first round quarterbacks are traded up for. And if you if you go back through the last five to 10 years, that's basically true. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was traded up for Deshaun Watson was traded Josh up for Allen. Jordan Love Josh Allen these were all trades Lamar Jackson I believe was he a trade up for they picked him 32nd overall yeah he, I think they came up and got him uh, I'm not totally sure on that
1: or but they would they didn't draft him right after the Super Bowl because they won the Super Bowl and ray lewis's last year no that was like that was a
0: long ass time ago yeah no it it was
1: that was last
0: pick as the general manager before he retired um and and i just can't remember i can't remember if they had to had that trade before draft night or if they made it then with the super bowl champs that year so uh um sorry my dog is really (laughs) kind of being a being being annoying um But, but yeah, so the half the half the first round draft choices have been traded up for, uh, in in recent memory. And it'll be interesting to see if beyond the trade that the 49ers make, if if we see that continue, let's say if they go chalk and take Justin Fields, if then the Falcons trade out and that fourth quarterback gets traded up for, or then if we get five in the first, it feels like Jones is going first round. Uh, it feels like you're going to get five in the first round no matter what. So, for those QBs then is is there going to be any sticking and picking I always feel like we overestimate the amount of trades especially last year I know I did I thought there'd be a lot of movement especially at the top and everybody just kind of hung in there and picked so we'll see what happens this year but I mean the race is on for the QBs man and uh, it'll be really interesting to see. I, I like what the Dolphins are doing. I really do. I don't know why they felt like they needed to come back up to six. Maybe they just weren't comfortable with the talent gap.
1: I think they dropping want one from of those three to 12. I think they want one of those top three wide receivers, and they knew six was going to be their only chance to guarantee one.
0: And why wouldn't they? Uh, I think that if you're the Bengals now, too, the fact that there's likely going to be four quarters, it's, it's, it's possible you're going to get the first – position player off the board so that changes things a little bit are yeah. you gonna go Sean Slater or Panay Sewell anymore I mean yeah you got to keep Burrow up right but it's got to be tough to resist the temptation to draft Jamar Chase and pair those two up again in the pros yeah I kind of think if I'm the GM I'm taking Jamar Chase like I've seen these two together <laughs> at college we'll find a tackle like what we'll, okay. we'll make that work I'm and sure Burrow is young was- and athletic enough
1: I'm sure Joe Burrow is calling him going like, I don't care. I'll run away from that guy. You get me Jamar Chase.
0: (laughs) And you know what else the Bengals, you know what they really should have done now in hindsight? Hindsight is 2020, but you know what they should have done? They should have fired Zach Taylor's ass this year (laughs) and they should have hired Joe Brady and then they should have drafted Jamar Chase. And then here we go. (laughs) So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. The Eagles trade out. And I think they're the big losers in this. What are you doing? What what are you doing trading down to twelve. They, yeah. they, how he said that they felt like comfortable with the talent gap there. How, how, how can that be? How can that be? Because yeah, let's say, even there, if there's four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks, then you have Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, the two Bama receivers. So that's four picks right there. That gets you to eight. Then you have the two linemen. That's uh, nine and 10. That's like, and then you're down to like Patrick Sertan, maybe yeah. Micah Parsons, but. Like that, that top end, especially offensive talent, the wide receivers in particular, which Philly again really needs, they're going to be gone. So, yeah. you know, especially the offensive lineman too. Like you could really use an offensive lineman, and, and they they're not going to get any of them now. So I don't know if maybe they'll trade back up, but I don't I don't get trading back to twelve uh, if if you're Philadelphia, especially for what they picked up. I guess they picked up. Miami's first in 2022 so you get two first round picks next year and you know
1: and they that can Miami pick they can could have potentially a third, be high they can get a third first round pick next year from the Carson Wentz trade yeah
0: so so howie is clearly trying to load up a little bit and try to yeah. build the team around Jalen Hurts um but but i don't i think his statement of that they feel comfortable with the talent level there ain't enough blue chip players in the draft buddy uh you're not you're gonna get a significantly worse player now that you did that you were firmly in the mix i mean you were you assured yourself at pick six to get one of jamar chase panay sewell kyle pitts which like i you can't really go wrong with any of those guys even if you traded, slid back a little and got devontae smith Jalen Waddle, I don't think anybody kills him for that. Or you end up with Rashawn Slater, the the tackle out of Northwestern, which some guys think is better than Panay Sewell. Like that's again good pick. But I, all those guys are going to be gone by twelve, I think. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. I mean, they are more than one piece away. So I think you always got to be thinking three to five years. I mean, what did I say that just a couple weeks ago? So you do have to be thinking more long term. But they have to they have to nail the picks. They have to nail the picks. It's a lot easier said than done. So I think that'll wrap it up for our show today. tally did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. Go ahead and call or text us at nine zero four nine nine zero ft fifty and drop your question, uh, comment, topic you want us to talk about, and we will get it on the show. Again, that is nine zero four nine nine zero ft fifty or thirty eight fifty. Um, and and drop us your comment or question. You can call or text into that number. So we are presented by book sports and we are brought to you by aces wild in Columbia, Illinois, 208 North main street. And we'll see you guys next week.